Welcome. Thanks for tuning in to the Restoration Foursquare Church audio podcast. We're glad you're joining us today. Stay tuned for today's message. Enjoy and God bless. chapter 4, and today we're going to start reading in verse 17. So we've covered up to this, this point so far, and today we're going to finish out the fourth chapter of Ephesians. Verse 17 says, this I say therefore, and testify in the Lord. This is Paul, the apostle Paul speaking to the church at Ephesus, and to you today. He said that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind having their understanding darkened being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to walk toward all uncleanness with greediness but you have not so learned Christ if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, put in away lying, and let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another. Tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Please stretch forth your hands as we pray this morning. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord God, that we can come into this house and 
God, give us ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say. Give us a heart to obey. God, may our will be shaped by your word as we seek to hear from heaven this morning. Lord, as I open my mouth before your people, I open my ears to heaven. Let the word of the living God be released in this house today. Let life be released. Let sin be broken. Let death be pushed back. brother Mario. Well, it is so good to be here with you today and to share the word of God with you. And again, we're continuing through the book of Ephesians. And the title of the message today is Worldly Makeover or Godly Renewal. Worldly Makeover versus Godly Renewal. With this message this morning, I want to challenge you to explore if you're walking and living as one who has been renewed by God, or are you living as one who has simply been made, been made over through worldly means or through worldly ideologies? Give me an example. You buy a house that has serious but hidden structural damage. The foundation is weak. The studs in the walls are deteriorating. The ceiling joists, the flooring joists are rotting away. But to save money and get a quick sale, you go in and you cover up what's defective. You install new flooring to hide the faulty foundation. You put new sheetrock on the walls to hide the bad studs, and you install new ceiling to cover the bad joists. Then you paint the house. You dress it up. You make it look nice and well-preserved. That's what I mean by worldly makeover. The things to do to make the house right are you fix the foundation problems. You should replace the bad studs that's in the wall. Replace the bad ceiling joists. Then you install new sheetrock, new flooring, new paint, etc. to finish the process of renewal. In today's text, Paul addresses the life of a, of a believer post-salvation. He's talking about what your life should be like now that you know Christ. And he said, you should not be as the other Gentiles. Remember, we're Gentiles. We're not Jews. If you was born a Jew, that doesn't speak to, you know, but I'm thinking none of us are born Jewish in here. Maybe you were, I don't know. We're Jews by faith. But we're Gentiles by nature. Paul writes about how we should live as New creations in Christ saying, no, you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. When you came to Christ, you entered into a new way of living. 
entered into a new way of thinking, or you should have. And you should have entered into a new way of behaving. The things you did prior to being saved, please hear me, are no longer acceptable. You've been called to a new way of life that is based on being renewed by the word of God and by the spirit of the living God at work in you instead of simply being made over according to the standards of this world. We're to no, no longer walk, Paul says, as the rest of the Gentiles walk. This is how they walk. They walk in the futility of their mind. They have an understanding that is darkened. They are alienated from the life of God. And Paul said they live this way because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. He goes on to say, who being past feeling, say that with me, past feeling, have given themselves over to lewdness, to work all uncleanness with greediness. This describes a people who are hopelessly confused and Paul, in these verses, identifies five traits that sums up the life of someone who does not know Christ, the life of someone who's blind, who's darkened, who is living a life that is alienated from God. Number one, he said they have darkened understanding. Their understanding is not clear. Number two. They are alienated from the life of God. God is not present. God is not part of your day-to-day -day life or their day-to-day -day life. They're alienated. That means they just go through life on their own doing the best they can to figure out how to get through life. That is not the life that we have in Christ. Jesus comes through the person of the Holy Spirit and he joins himself with us every single day of our existence to help us to know the will of God and live that will out. You do not have to live this life on your own. You have to simply invite the Holy Spirit. If you're in Christ, invite the Holy Spirit to come to you every single day and walk with you. Paul said they are ignorant of God's way. All it means is they're unlearned. That's why discipleship is so important. That's why you need to be here on Wednesday night to, to be a part of the series Victory in Spiritual Warfare. Because in it, Sister Mary, they're going to learn how to fight, won't they? See, she attended it out in Madison. It's an amazing, amazing teaching and study by Tony Evans. Paul said their heart has been hardened. And number five, they exist in an unfeeling state. What this means is they have ceased to care. They have ceased to care. They don't care about God. They don't care about other people. They live a very selfish life. 
That was your life before Christ. That was your life before Christ. That is the life of those who do not know him. This world is filled with such people and they have no hope. That those who do not know Jesus is looking for because you have been renewed by God. You've been renewed in your spirit. And you're being renewed in your mind. You no longer have to walk in futility of mind. That word futility means pointless, useless. You no longer have to walk in a way where your life has no real meaning. It is pointless. It is useless. You no longer live with a darkened understanding or as someone who is alienated, separated from the life of God. The people who have not been renewed are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They do not know the life that comes from God because their minds are closed to him and their hearts have been hardened against him. But those who are in Christ have been renewed by God, not simply made over to look better on the outside, but renewed and restored from the inside out. We can, listen, it's not good enough to dress yourself up on the outside. It's not good enough to make sure that you look right to people. you got to make sure God is changing what's on the inside of you. You can take lipstick and put it on a pig, but it's still a pig on the inside. It doesn't matter how good you dress that thing up. Same with us. Yet, listen, how many of us just do the best we can to fix what's wrong with us instead of saying, God, come and take over, take control. You fix what's wrong with me, God, because I can't do it. See, all you can do is change your mind, but when you change your mind, guess what? God will change the rest of you. But you got to change your mind. You got to invite the Lord in. Say, God, I need you to come and work in me because I can't do this by myself, Brother Oliphant. I can't do it. It doesn't matter how good we try to be. We don't need a worldly makeover. We need to be renewed by God. Renewed by God. Listen. God, when he came, when Jesus came into your life, he did not just make you look good on the outside. But he began his work in you to renew you by, by changing what is on the inside. The man or the woman you used to be, listen, you're not that man or woman anymore. Whoever you was before Jesus, you're not that person anymore. Now listen, you may still act like that person. But that's by choice. You're not that person anymore. If you've given your life to Jesus, you're not the same. Something happened.
something changed. So start acting like a renewed person instead of living like one who has just been made whole. Made to look good on the outside. Start living and acting like the child of God that you are. You've been delivered from your past. You've been rescued from sin. You've been set free from the bondages and lies of Satan. Do not allow him to enslave you anymore. People should see and know there's a tangible difference between who you used to be and who you are now. Before I met Jesus, every other word out of my mouth was an unpleasant word. I cussed like a sailor. Any sailors in here? Thank you. Listen, I left work one Friday. It's cold now. I went to church on Sunday. And I met Jesus. And when I walked into my office that Monday, they didn't know who I was because I didn't know who I was. (laughs) Everything was different. Miss Mary, I remember sitting at my desk and having people look at me. It took, listen, it took took three or four days for them to even say, what happened to you? They just looked. They just watched. He he ain't talking the way he used to talk. He ain't acting the way he used to act. Something's different about him. And I remember I was sitting at my desk and working with Sister Carolyn, and I got up to walk out to the bathroom, and I was walking funny. I thought, why am I walking? Why? Because God had given me a new walk. The way I walked on Friday, I didn't walk on Monday. You got to know that you have been changed. And when you give your life to the Lord, a change will take place in your heart. I guarantee you. There will be proof that you have been renewed. There will be fruit of the Spirit in your life. You will have a desire to leave behind the old life you had and fully embrace the new one you now have in Christ, a new life that happens through the process of reformation, the process of your mind being reformed, transformed, and renewed in the things of God. Living as a, as a Christian, living a Christian life is a process, church. Although we have a new nature, we don't automatically think all good thoughts. Get real for a minute. Because some of you have been struggling with this. We don't automatically think all good thoughts. We don't always express the right attitudes. We still have this war in our mind, this battle that we're fighting. I remember one of the first real victories that I gained over the spirit of darkness took place about three months after I was saved. Within the first six months of marriage. Listen, I would get on my knees. I'm a, I'm a new believer. And I would get on my knees to pray. And as I 
seeking to pray, all of a sudden, my mind was filled with the most blasphemous thoughts you could ever think. I'm telling you, I'm a new believer. I love Jesus. I'm telling you, I love the man. I, when I met the man, I met the man. You hear me? I, listen, I'm, I don't play church. I live for Christ. When I met the man, I met the man. And I would get on my knees and pray, and all of a sudden my mind was filled with these blasphemous thoughts. And I would say, God, what's going on? I would say, God, please help me. You know that. I, God, that's not my thought. Why am I thinking this ugly stuff towards you? I love you, God. Spiritual warfare. You hear me? Spiritual warfare. I prayed. I said, God, I'm telling you, every single, this went on for about a month. Every single time I get on to pray, my mind would just be filled with these thoughts and these thoughts. And I would push back and say, God, please help me. One day we're traveling down I-65, heading to Louisiana. I'm not thinking these thoughts. And the Holy Spirit came and said, God, I'm sick of this thought. I was losing my mind. I was just having a battle in my mind. But God saw my heart. And my heart was for God because my heart had been renewed. I wasn't living as one who's been simply made over. But my heart had been renewed in the things of God. And that gave me instant victory. I said, oh, devil, I got you now. Oh, I got you now. You've been exposed. Godly renewal, a worldly makeover. Listen. If you belong to God, he's at work in you to renew you completely. He's at work to change the things in you that are not pleasing to him, even your thoughts. And you listen, some of you may think, but this change is not coming fast enough. I get it. Just don't listen. Just don't give up. Just hold fast. Trust God through the process. You see, sometimes we want something to change that God knows we're not yet ready for. Paul says in verses 20 and 21, but you have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. In other words, the Jesus you know you did not learn because your mind was futile and your understanding was darkened. You did not learn him because you were alienated from God. You did not learn him because you were ignorant of the things of God. You did not learn him because you were blind. But you know him because the truth of God's word was made known to you. You know him because the Holy Spirit revealed to you who he is. And because you know him, Paul goes on to say in verses 22 and 23, he says, put off. Everyone say, put off. Say it again. Put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Lust is a deceitful thing. 
Any lust of the flesh is deceitful. And it will grow into things that are more corrupt. The more you walk in the lust of the flesh, the more corrupt your life becomes. So reject the lust of the flesh in your mind. Do not let it be okay. Please hear me. Do not let your thoughts be okay. Those thoughts that are against God. Do not let those thoughts be okay. Paul said take those thoughts captive. Anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, against who Jesus is, take that thing captive. You may have to fight for a week or, in my case, a month. But if you stay true, you just keep crying out to God, God's going to give you the victory. Because like I like to say, we don't fight for victory. We fight from victory. We fight having already won, Sister Carmen, because guess what? Jesus won for us 2,000 years ago. So we're not fighting for victory. You're fighting from the place of heaven already won. So you know what you need to do? You need to live like a champion. <laughs> you need to act like a champion. Do you hear me? You need to act like a champion. Act like a victor because you're already a victor. You know when the devil know he's getting you? Two ways he know when he get to you. Two ways. Are you ready? Number one, by what you say. And number two, by what you do. Oh, yeah, she's talking my language now. He got you. Oh, yeah, he's acting the way I'm tempting him to act. Living as one who has been renewed by God or as one who has simply been made whole? Have you allowed God to fix the foundation of the problem in your life? Have you allowed God to go into those hidden areas and fix what is rotten, what is deteriorating? Or have you just taken the things of this world and covered up what's there so that when people look at you, They'll see somebody that looks like everything is all right. Hmm. Paul said, lust is a deceitful think anything, but change your mind about something. Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Godly renewal requires a renewed mind. You cannot think the way you used to think and be renewed by God. Your mind must be changed so, to, so that you will think the thoughts of God. You've got to meditate on his word. You've got to think the best about others. 
This is, this, this is how you should live post-salvation. Okay? Meditate on God's word. Think the best about others. Lose your suspicious nature. I'm around some people, and it's like they're suspicious of everything, and they're suspicious of everybody. Verse 24, Paul says, put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. That is who you are. If you have been born again, Paul says that you were created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. That is who you are. Sin is not who you are. It may be what you do, but it's not who you are. You are a new, you are a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Learn how to live in the newness of God. God has made you to be a person of righteousness and holiness. Listen, sin should be as foreign to you as a language you've never learned before. You hear me? You can put that on Facebook. Sin should be as foreign to you as a language you've never learned before. When you are around it, someone should, 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 should be there to interpret what it is. Because you, don't, you can't relate to it anymore. It's not who you are. Living a life of sin should not be easy. Please hear me. If you are being renewed by God, Living a life of sin should not be an easy thing for you. It should be difficult. And it will be if you would just put on that new man. Your old way of life is in the past. Paul said, put it behind you like old clothes being taken off and thrown away. And put on the new man. Take off those old garments of sin, lust, and filth. Take off those old garments of fear, doubt, hate, and despair. That's who you used to be. That's not who you are now. Put on the new garments that God will have you put on. Garments of praise. Garments of peace. Garments of love, hope, faith, and trust in God that refuses to give up. As one who understands what it means to walk by faith and not by sight. When you gave your life to Christ, you entered into a new way of living. A new way of thinking. A new way of acting. When you gave your life to Christ, there was a shift in the heavenlies. Hell no longer ruled you, but the laws of God began to govern your life. Something happened. Things shifted. When you gave your life to Christ, your past, your present, and your future were immediately affected. 
Your past was no longer held against you. Your future became infused with a new way of thinking and living, infused by the presence of God. Your presence and your future was made secure by the blood of Jesus. In Christ, you're no longer driven by worldly desires and impulses. So put on the new man, head in a new direction, and live the new way of thinking that the Holy Spirit gives you. Paul goes on to say in verses 25 and 26, Therefore, put away lying, and let each one of you speak truth with his neighbors, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Here Paul mentions two things that we must be mindful of. Lying and anger. He said put away lying in favor of the truth. Listen, you got to make a conscious effort to do this. Because the tendencies of the old man will want to still operate in the new. In other words, if you had a problem with lying as a non-believer, there's a good chance you'll have a tendency to lie as a believer if you don't live as one who's been renewed. You see, old attitudes and behaviors do not instantly go away. But over the process of time, your mind is renewed. When I got saved, my spirit man was renewed. God cleansed me from I me. Mean, I was cleansed. And certain things, I mean, he took away from me instantly. Instantly. Some things he did. It took time. It took time. But as I walk with him and made a commitment to be a part of his body. I mean, a part of, I'm different. You know what I mean by be a part of his body? Yeah, you know, this is a sidebar. I got to finish, but I got to say this. Okay? By part of his body, I don't mean I simply started going to church. I mean, I became a part of what God was doing. Now, I wanted to be in church. Like the first six, eight months, nine months I was saved, every time I walked through the door, I just started crying. Why? Because, oh, I had to do this. Hell's grip was broken over me. And I loved the man. I fell in love with Jesus. But I also made a commitment to be a part of what God was doing. And I remember one of the first things I was doing one Sunday morning, I was sitting in church, and I'm thinking, God, I just, I want to I do something for you, God. I want to I do something. And in, in, in the church I was in, we used to pass an offering basket. So the pastor would, would have someone come up front and hold the basket. We actually would walk around and put the money in the basket. And I'm sitting there saying, God, I want to do something for you, God. I want to encourage you. Lord, if I could just take up the offering, I'd be so pleased. But the church still passed the basket. Then someone took up the offering. Pastor said, Brother Gary, what you gonna do to take up the offering? I couldn't get up there fast enough. <laughs> Listen, when you wanna do, God will let you 
but you got to desire to live as one who's been renewed and not as one who's simply been made over. Listen, lying to each other disrupts unity. It creates confusion. It destroys trust. Lying tears down relationships and leads to open frustrations and fighting, even in the church. Paul goes on to say, be angry and do not sin. If you listen, if you was prone to anger as a new believer, as a non-believer, I can almost guarantee you that spirit of anger would try to raise its ugly head now that you're a believer. Most people feel like they've committed a sin if they get angry at something or someone. But anger is not a sin. Anger is just an emotion. What determines if your anger turns into sin is how you handle that emotion. And one way to handle it, Paul said, is do not let the sun go down on your wrath. That means do not nurse the anger. Do not go to bed angry. I refuse to let a fight cause me and my wife to not sleep in the same bed. Now, she is prone to leave the bed. It's, this may happen not often, maybe once, once every six months, once a year. We'll have a little discussion. <laughs> I'm, listen, I got to be real with you guys. Gotta, I, I, listen, I'm not, I'm not perfect, okay? So we, we have this, and she'll get angry, and she knows she want to she wanna, uh, uh, get out the bed. You know what I do? I go with her. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. I remember, the, I mean, about two years ago, she, she's, gotten, we've gotten, she's gotten upset about something, and I'm, you know, she was wrong. <laughs> I don't know. No, no, but seriously, she's gotten upset about something. See, she's not here. I can talk like that. <laughs> she's gotten upset about something, and she went upstairs and got in the bedroom. I waited about jump when I got in the bed. Watch. Anger let the devil, anger let the devil come between you and your wife. No. That's right. Y'all hear me? Do you hear me? You guys newlyweds now, okay? When you get when you get in a little fight, okay, one of you may get mad and want to run off. Him, you ain't going nowhere. You like me. Okay. But Paul said, do not let the sun go down on your wrath. In other words, do not nurse your anger. Do not go to bed angry. Probably manage your anger by controlling your emotions, by forgiving those who cause the anger, and by not nursing it. Being angry may win the moment. Please hear me. It may win the moment for you, but it will not serve you well in the long haul. Do not nurse your anger, but release it to God. The Bible does not teach that anger is a sin, but points out the importance of proper anger management. If you vent your anger thoughtlessly, that anger will hurt others and destroy your relationship with them. But on the contrary, if anger is kept pent up on the inside, it can cause you to become bitter and destroy you from the inside out. 
So deal with it immediately in a way that builds relationships rather than destroy them. If you nurse your anger, you give Satan an opportunity to, to divide. So do not let the, let the day end without making efforts to mend relationships that have been affected by any feelings or any emotions of anger. And Paul goes on to say, do not give place to the devil. Anger gives place to the devil. Hello? Anger gives place to the devil. Verse 28. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Now this verse gives a whole nother meaning to work. Whole nother meaning. We think that we work to pay our bills. Or we work to have money to get what we need or what we want out of life. But Paul in this verse tells us we're to work so that we will be able to give to others who may have need. That is a different way of thinking. And listen, the only way you can think like that is to have your mind renewed because that is not the way the world thinks. Verse 29, Paul says, let no corrupt word or no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. What words are coming out of your mouth? What words? Paul said, let no corrupt communication proceed from you. If your words are not words of life, then they're words of death. They're words of corruption. Just as God only speaks life to you and over you, when you start to only speak life about you and about you, what does James say? Be gentle with your tongue and with the same mouth speak curse. He's not saying cursing as in the form of what you think of cussing, okay? He's not saying we cuss. He's saying we curse. How do you curse someone? You curse someone by speaking about them or saying about them things that are contrary to the word of God. You curse someone when you allow the spirit of Balaam who wanted to go, who wanted to go and curse Israel. Remember that? You curse him with your, with your mouth, with your words. You say things that speak death, that speak life. Oh, you ain't going to be good for nothing. I can't tell you how many parents curse their kids. Stop it. Stop speaking negative things about your kids. Start speaking life to your kid. It doesn't matter what he or she is doing. Oh, you're, 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 you're blessed. You're so good. Speak life. The words you speak should release grace to those who hear. They should be words that build up and not tear down. Your words are powerful, so choose them carefully. Verse 30 says, do not grieve 
And that concludes today's message. Thanks again for tuning in to the Restoration Foursquare Church audio podcast. We pray that this message has encouraged you and empowered you in your walk with following Jesus. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please visit our website by going to r4sq.org. We pray you have a great week. God bless.